0: Hello, this is Angela Schaefers, the host of Your Story Matters radio show. We have a great guest today, Jonathan Aslay, dating and relationship coach for women, and he will share some of his story about dating and relationships. Hey, Jonathan, thank you for joining the show today.
1: Well, thank you, Angela. This is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Me too. We've been talking uh, and connected over Facebook, and I just love all the things that you're doing. You really have helped a great deal of women in uh, resolving some of their questions about dating and relationships and finding that special person in their life but before we talk about what you do can you share with the listeners some of your own story as far as your relationship past and kind of what's worked and what hasn't and what sort of brought you to the point of realizing you know maybe I should go out there and help other people to understand men better, Uh to understand the dating Uh process, et
1: cetera. Do we have have enough for five hours for this show?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's hard to contain relationship
1: stuff. That one will take up the whole show. Well, and I'll give a brief history of how this all started for me. You know, after turning 40 in in 2005, I began a divorce uh, for someone I was married with for 12 years. And we had two children. I went from living in a nice big home with a family, to all of a sudden moving into a resident inn with a refrigerator the size of a shoebox and a microwave to cook meals. Wow. From that, and I was very lonely. So I found myself, I turned on my laptop, I found this website, you know, these dating websites to uh, communicate and connect with people. And I was thinking, oh, I'm ready for, you know, I'm ready for a new relationship because I was in an unhappy marriage. You know, this felt as though I was ready for a new relationship. So I began communicating with women, uh, connecting first with online dating websites, profiles, emails back and forth, and instant messages, then to the telephone, having lengthy conversations, and going out on dates. And, when I, and I thought my first date was going to be a home run. I thought, wow, you know, she's perfect for me. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't realize is <laughs> that I didn't even know what was right for me. Mm-hmm. And so while she's a great gal... We just want to write for each other. So then I'm thinking the next person. Oh, she's gonna. I, I, she's exactly what I'm looking for. And we went on a date, and there was just something missed. And what I was recognizing was is this journey. As I was uh, going out on dates, I began to realize what I didn't know what I was looking for.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But
1: what happened, Angela, is I began developing these great relationships. I started to have lengthy phone conversations. They shared their relationship stories and their marriages and their divorces, and pretty soon, I just developed so many amazing relationships that all of a sudden they'd call me up and say, "Jonathan, I've got this date with this guy. You mm-hmm. check out his Match.com profile and tell me what you think."
2: Right. And so right.
1: I'd go, I'd, I'd log on, I'd go check out his profile, and I'd say, "Blank, blank, 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 blank about the guy," you know. And she'd say, "I've been talking to him for two weeks. He's nothing like what you say." Right. I said, Go on, the, go on the date, go on the date and tell me what happened.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Sure enough, they go on the date. You get a text message, urgent, can you talk? Get on the phone. And they go, Jonathan, you are exactly right. He was exactly what you said he was going to be. Wow. Angela, this wasn't happening once. This was happening over and over and over again. And what I realized is, you know, the FBI have profilers to profile serial killers. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of had a knack for profiling Serial daters, serial monogamous players, bad boys, you know, nice guys and good guys alike. So I had this knack for, because, wait, I'm a guy. I I understand men, and and the way the women were communicating to me, I was understanding how they were reacting in the relationship, that all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, I've got this knack, how can I put this to use?
0: Right, that totally makes sense. And before you go further, I wanted to go back just a little bit. Can you talk to the audience a little bit about what you needed to go through or learn from your past as far as you know your younger years of dating what you learned through your marriage process that helped you to figure out you know who is it that I'm really looking for that I really can connect with because I know that's a lot of times a big question for people's they just struggle with trying to figure out you know it all looks great on the profile or even when you meet meet someone in person But they're really not the right person for them. So, how does your story affect how you've changed as far as who you look for and what you look
1: for? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, I come from a a product of uh, parents who have just celebrated 59 years of marriage. There were three kids in our family, pretty much the nuclear family that was brought up in the 60s and 70s. And I was just expected, you know, the programming instilled me was uh, graduate high school, go to college get a job, meet a girl, buy a house, start a family. That was the program instilled in me. Mm-hmm. So in my early years, in my 20s, it was, for me it was all about finding someone who was probably, you know, mother material if you will because that was what was programmed mm-hmm. in me from my parents. Mm-hmm. I had I had I was a relationship novice in my 20s. I had no clue because I didn't even know who I was as a person, exactly. let alone being able to attract a person that is probably well suited for me. So guess what? I, I tracked a woman where we had no, you know, quite frankly, we had no real intimacy, no chemistry, because I didn't even know what that was in my 20s, because
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I never
1: had experienced it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what changed was after my
2: divorce
1: was these the relationships I began through online dating, meeting and connecting with a variety of different women. So what was happening for me um, is probably unique, is that I didn't have a pattern of always going out with the same type of girl. Mm-hmm. Or I had I had a variety of different types of women and different types of experiences. Whereas, for example, the women I coached, they seem to repeat the same pattern over and over again with men. I didn't have that type of pattern. I was just, I was coming from a place of, I wanted to fall in love. And in fact, the story I heard from my parents over and over again, I mean, it's one of those, it actually could be made into a, you know, like my movie, mm-hmm. uh, with the way my parents connected, uh, but, was the, uh, my parents were the true officer and a gentleman? Well, except my mom was a debutante, not a girl that worked at the, the, the paper mill. Uh huh. And <laughs> um, that's and interesting
0: then, that, you know, as you said, we all come from a background of some sort of perspective and the images that we live with growing up that kind of create a sense of relationship and what to look for and what not to look for and those types of things. And so I'm glad that you, were able to recognize that because I think that's important for other people to realize that your background your story does in fact play a role in who you're seeking out and what your needs are and what needs aren't being met so to speak you went along this journey and you went through your divorce and I want to ask you before you started the whole dating thing because I know you mentioned you were lonely and here you were in this little apartment/ slash hotel place did you think at any point it's important for you to pause and, you know, take some you time and go through the healing process or whatever, or what was your perspective on that?
1: You know, I went from a place of, at first, I think I I came from it at a place of, you need to complete me. In other words, I was coming from a place that there was a hole in me mm-hmm. that I felt as though someone needed to complete me and almost save me. So initially, I came from that perspective. But but what was I? But what I was doing was really serial dating because I'd meet someone, didn't feel that they were fit, move on to the next one. And what I what I recognized for me those first few years was that, for lack of a better word, serial dating was really helping me. You get to know who I was by interacting with other people. Mm-hmm. I got to see how I rea- interacted with a variety of different people. I didn't need to take me time per se, but then what happened was I hit like like information overload. I got addicted to it.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
1: wait a minute, it was almost becoming a dependency mm-hmm. of this communication. So about two years ago, after a, a relationship that I did have um, that with someone I really cared for, I needed to put the brakes on and take a break, which coincidentally was the same time that I began writing my first book mm-hmm. uh, about online dating and the do's and don'ts about online dating and that sort of thing. And then since then, in the last six years, I've connected with two women who I've absolutely been crazy for, who I genuinely wanted to develop a relationship with. Unfortunately, they weren't ready. Mm-hmm. So you're meeting people, for example, that are just going through a divorce, you know, I've learned by experience there's certain things I shouldn't do. You know, right. like don't meet don't date someone who just broke up with their boyfriend three weeks ago. Because mm-hmm. there's gonna be residual after effects. Or don't date someone whose divorce isn't final, or at least it's been three years since they've moved out of house because they haven't transitioned from that old lifestyle to a new lifestyle. And then what I've also recognized is everybody needs a transition relationship. Uh mm-hmm. after a divorce before they're ready for maybe a more serious relationship. Now I mean, when I say everybody, that's an exaggeration. A a vast majority tend to go through this, uh for those of us who have gone through a divorce.
0: Right. And I agree with that. I think there needs to oftentimes there needs to be a transitional sort of period and even that means figuring out who you are now at this point versus, you know, ten years ago or twenty sometimes and what you're looking for and what really is going to fulfill your needs you know personally and with your family if that's an issue etc so i think that's the most amazing thing that i've learned about you jonathan in interacting with you myself is that you really do take your own experiences your own learning and you pour it into the books you've written the teleconferences the coaching you do and i think that's critical because There are a lot of people out there who say, Hey, I know all this stuff about X, and yet I've never experienced it. And so the real live experience, I think, is critical in helping people to understand that you're not just talking it, you're walking the talk, and you've been on the journey, right? And you know what's out there and what's not, and what to expect. And you also implement in all of that your own feelings and your own knowledge of, Hey, this is what I felt, what I went through, and what I found lacking or not. So I know you mentioned that your audience, if you will, are women over forty. So the forty-something crowd and beyond. Why is it that you picked that particular niche?
1: Um, and, and that's a good question. I, what's happened is it's for the women predominantly who are dating men over forty. So it could go a little. Women could be a, you know a little bit younger than forty, but. What I think happens for women who are dating men over 40, men go through this, for lack of a better word, a midlife crisis, give or take around the time 40 happens, Mm -hmm. their testosterone levels drop and they begin to shift. So there's And there's two types of men out there, the ones who have never been married and then the ones who have been divorced. And I come from a perspective, because I'm a man in my 40s, I can share those experiences with those clients and what my own particular, as you mentioned a moment ago, my dating experiences, and I can share the man's perspective. In fact, I can even go a little bit deeper and say, I'm a man who's divorced divorced with children. So I understand all the components. I can, ex- I can share those feelings that men go through in that particular capacity to my, to my uh, women clients by saying, well, this is why the man feels this way. And my whole coaching is about understanding men is that I can actually come for personal experience. Mm-hmm. And I also believe that in your 20s, you have an abundance of single people in your life But once you hit 30s and beyond, all of a sudden your lifestyle changes. So there's a big difference between coaching someone who's in their 20s maybe looking for their life partner versus the ones who are now in their 40s looking for a life partner. Because it's it's like, you know, oftentimes the term baggage gets used, but quite frankly, I call it the luggage in our lives. Mm -hmm. We all have a set of luggage, you know, and it's, and it's just all our stuff, you know, whether it's our personal issues or just our lifestyle and whatnot. And I'm the type of person that's looking for the woman who's got, you know, just carry on luggage as opposed to the one who's got like a, you know, have to go to the sky cap and drop off 10 bags, you know. <laughs> uh, those types of things I can bring an awareness to, to that, as you said a moment ago, audience or that, that target of, of women who are dating in, in that area.
0: Mm-hmm. So you talked about uh, after, you know, going through all this for a couple years deciding to write a book and to share your experiences of online dating. What was it that you really wanted to share from all that other than the obvious of, you know, just saying, "Hey, this is what's really going on out there." Was there one particular message that you wanted to get out to people?
1: It was just sharing my experiences, but I think what's evolved, and I and I had an I had a curiosity. I just Uh, and I still do, excuse me, I have this curiosity about relationships. I have a fascination about relationships and why uh, some work, but yet so many end and the reasons behind it. So I have this curiosity. And what's developed for me is the women who work with me all of a sudden, I've, I've literally become this big brother protector in their lives. It's mm-hmm. like, as if uh, I'm going to give you the ugly truth about men, but I'm going to protect your heart because I care about you. I, I think that's evolved from, I, I've literally logged 10,000 hours of conversations, Angela, wow. with women over the last six years. And they've come to look to me as a, a trusted advisor, a friend, a confidant. I come from a place now of absolute passion for what I do, and to be able to be in a place to be a strong masculine energy for women who are frustrating or uh, in the dating world and, and really, you know, just almost becoming bitter and jaded, mm-hmm. you know, that's the worst place to be mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to dating. I mean, Absolutely. the novice person is fun, but they don't know enough. The veteran is great, but they a little burnt out. But the worst thing is when you get that bitter or jaded, you know, attitude to all this, because then it means you're closed off to love. And Mm -hmm. so what I do is really hold that masculine space of love for my clients. And I just, and I just thoroughly enjoy it.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's awesome because as you know, I think that everyone should be fulfilling their life purpose and living out their passion and their dreams. And so for you to have found what that is for you through your journey. And I'm sure it was not an easy one and a painful one going through the divorce <laughs> and the changes. Been That's there. an understatement.
2: Exactly. Been
0: there, done that. and But yet when we can get something out of that, we <laughs> have to suffer sometimes. We have to go through things. Life changes drastically sometimes to one that yeah. we're like, how did I get here? But when we can learn from that and those experiences and then turn it into something good, I just think that's amazing, and I know you've touched many women's lives, and as you said, you've been there for them, sort of like a big brother, friend, confidant, but yet you bring that professional edge to it that says, you know what, I do have the experience. I do have the qualifications to really walk you down this path, and what was the name of the first book?
1: The first book is called Online Dating Secrets Revealed. It's actually on my website, understandmennow.com. Since that I now have rec- I do audio programs
0: awesome tell the listeners if you will what's just one of the worst things that you've heard or experienced yourself in this whole dating process whether it's been an online situation or face to face because I know that Listeners really love to hear the juicy stuff. They want to just hear, what is the worst? And then we'll go to the opposite end of the spectrum, and you can share the best.
1: What I'm going to say about the worst
0: experience, uh,
1: please don't take me as being superficial, but there was this one woman who, this was early on when I was online dating, and I I didn't learn to scream better, was this one woman claimed to uh, look just like Jennifer Garner,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, the actress. And she's very slender and everything. And the photograph she sent me, I'm like, well, I can't even tell what she looks like. She goes, trust me, everybody says I look like her. Mm-hmm. So I'm waiting. I, I, I go to this restaurant and I'm sitting at the bar waiting for her. And she's walking in. It had this glass. I could basically see her walking through. I mean, it was such a gross exaggeration of what she described herself. I mean, it was just absolutely disappointing mm-hmm. because... You, oftentimes, and I've had situations where some women have lied on their age by a tune of 12 years.
2: Wow. You know,
1: claiming to be in their mid-40s when they were actually closer to the late 50s. Most of the time, it's physique-type things or age are the two things that uh, get misre- re- misrepresented. And, and, and the other thing is, too, that I'd say happens frequently is that they've ended a relationship so recently
2: mm-hmm.
1: that they're, they're online trying to replace that relationship that they're truly not ready. And I've I've actually gotten attached to a few women only to find, you know, after a second date, they're like, well, I'm still kind of hung up with my boyfriend. He still Mm -hmm. keeps calling, you know, and I don't know what to do. And, you know, I don't feel, and I'm like, well, I just invested my heart in you. That certainly has been frustrating. And I think those three
0: things definitely all go back to just dishonesty and not being able to be you know, truthful with ourselves and sometimes others, and that's really disappointing because that does happen. It's not just in the dating world. It's all over, of course, and, and that is unfortunate, and I can I can relate well, to the difficulty let me of add,
1: that. let me add one other thing that I've noticed is that women today, I believe, and this is kind of unfortunate, but they've been convinced that they need to sleep with a man very quickly to mm-hmm. keep them mm-hmm. and so they're mm-hmm. literally, I mean literally throwing, at least it's happened in my experience, Throwing themselves at me as a way to, as a belief that it's going to keep me, you know, wanting to come back. Ah. And so, mm-hmm. and I, that's just an observation. So, I, I, I'm not generalizing for every woman, but mm-hmm. I've certainly seen it enough. And what that's done is that it's affected all the women who are really, you know, true ladies. It's actually affected them because the men now have gotten used to the three date rule.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, if there isn't sex by the third date, Usually now it's like they are gone because wow. that's become the norm mm-hmm. at least for the over 40 crowd. And again I'm generalizing so you know there's always the exceptions to the rule.
0: Right. We don't want everybody to call in or message me and let me know that they're not like that. And you know exactly. I will say Jonathan maybe you've experienced that because you are an attractive man. You are, you know, very intelligent, you come off with a wonderful personality. Aww. So you know, it could be that. We're not going to say that it's all men get to have that sort of offer, if you will. So share <laughs> with us then some of the best um, experiences or stories, whether it's through your own experience or somebody, a client. What's something really cool or awesome that you have found on this journey?
2: I'd say I'm, I'll
1: probably share my first, you know, love since I began this journey. It was someone that we connected through an online connection, and so what happened was she was going out of town on business. So mm-hmm. we weren't going to be able to see each other for several weeks. And so what happened was she ended up calling me while she was on, on her business trips. And we ended up having like a five hour conversation and it was like, wow, I mean really connected. Mm-hmm. So then so there was four more days. So she, so she flew to the next city that night. And mind you, she barely had enough sleep, flew to another city, spoke and then she, we had another marathon conversation. This went on for four nights in a row. Mm-hmm. She finally flew back on a Wednesday. We didn't talk that Wednesday night, but just for a little bit, and arranged to meet on Thursday. And it was as if that, you know, this conversation just, you know, 16 hours, I think, cumulative of conversations before we met. Mm-hmm. There was this true connection, and we felt. Like, we were very good friends, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but there was something more. There was a heart energy going on between us. Mm -hmm. The minute she opened the – like, I went to go pick her up at her home to take her out to dinner. She opened the door, and we stared at each other for – I mean, it could have been two solid minutes before I walked in and even said a word.
0: Wow. It was that
1: energetic.
0: That's awesome. And we were –
1: we literally were boyfriend and girlfriends from that night on.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And, you know, based on you saying that then, what do you think that means about taking the time to get to know someone more before that first date? You know, talking with them more, um, emailing, texting before you actually meet? Because I know there's some controversy out there about that. Oh,
1: my gosh. Well, let me tell you, that probably is the exception to the rule because okay. I've had plenty of marathon conversations or what I call the feeding frenzy before meeting someone, only to find that there was no chemistry. Right. And there's just, Or they just weren't what you thought they would be like in okay. person. So, so the there's, long there's
0: conversations and connecting is, is a rarity to actually turn into something that is really meant to be or that you'll face-to-face have that same connection.
1: I, I'll tell you, it, it's a challenge because... I prefer to get to know someone before I meet them because, to me, there's a comfort level. Mm -hmm. Uh, No different than, like, in other words, you've known someone as a friend for quite some time. Now, I will share with you my second experience where I felt as though I connected uh, at a heart level was with a woman who I connected with through Facebook, just very casual emails back and forth. She was following, and we got on the phone a couple times, absolutely beautiful woman inside and out, And so we developed a friendship. Well, what happened was she was coming out here for a speaking engagement, coincidentally. I said, let's just meet. I'll pick you up at the airport. We'll go out to lunch because we're now friends. Mm -hmm. I will tell you that the minute I saw her coming down the escalator at the airport, Cupid hit not one arrow on my butt, but like 20. That's
2: awesome.
1: the electricity could have literally lit up the room between the two of us.
2: Wow. And it was
1: completely unexpected. So. The difference there, and, I, and this is why I bring up this story, is, is that in the first connection, you know, or at least in, in online dating, is that there's this pressure of a relationship, okay? Mm-hmm. Because if there's no chemistry, it's like, well, why did we invest all this time? Right. Whereas this person that I met was a friend first, and the chemistry was purely a bonus because it wasn't expected. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there was
1: no pressure of a relationship.
0: Right, and, and that that's makes the sense. Difference. Mm-hmm.
1: That's the difference I've found. Mm-hmm. Is that if you're going to invest that time prior, then walk away with a new friend,
2: mm-hmm.
1: without and so don't put too much pressure on the relationship. But the online dating community, it's it's designed to put too much pressure in that capacity.
0: Right, and I have to agree with you there. And I will say that not just for myself, but friends that I know. Uh, that's the difference is like if you go into it having all these expectations and so much pressure and you're so serious about it you end up often being very disappointed sometimes hurt and i think we need Mm -hmm. to learn to enjoy the process you know to have fun Mm -hmm. just because we might be the over thirty something crowd it doesn't mean we shouldn't have fun and enjoy dating and enjoy meeting new people and it certainly doesn't mean that all of these people we think are the one are going to be their one or should be the one or whatever. So I think it's um, great what you shared because that really speaks to having that positive experience out of all this. And I just have a couple more questions before we wrap up. One is I'd like your insight on the natural process of meeting someone, say at the market or through a friend or at a party versus the online. I mean, because you know, there's, big debate about that still even though there's tons of people online uh, at online dating sites chatting on Facebook etc what is your take on that
1: you know meeting organically or meeting online what's what's unique about online is if you kind of know what your non-negotiables and your deal breakers are at least you can do searches for people that hopefully fit in that criteria for example, if you're a person who prefers to go to church, you know, twice a week, or you're a prefer- person that prefers a man of a certain income level, or you're a person that prefers a certain height requirement, whatever the criteria is that you're looking for, you can do a bit more of a screening process. The challenge with meeting organically is you meet and there's, and usually what happens is there's chemistry involved, but you don't really know if, that much about the person so you right. go through this and here so here's the thing how often are you in a coffee shop meeting a person who makes the income you wish that they made that has the type of job that they've had that's done the personal growth work that they have that are actually you know aligned in all the different areas of compatibility that you're that you're seeking mm-hmm. and hoping that they feel the same way about you mm-hmm. the other thing is if you're going to look for someone organically then choose places where there's an abundance mm-hmm. of single available men because choosing place like the grocery store, men only shop between 7 and 9 p.m. at night, I mean, for the most part. <laughs> men don't go at 2 in the afternoon to go shopping. So if you're a single mother and that's the time you go shopping, guess what? You're not going to get a lot, an abundance of single men or maybe the ones who are out of work. Mm-hmm. You know, So if that's what your hope is, is to meet organically because it feels – natural
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know then just be prepared to be at places where there's an abundance of men
0: right and some sort of men that are aligned with your type so my next question was what do you think of and you may have had clients that go on this journey the long distance relationship thing because (laughs) i know you know online of course you can meet people from all over the world
1: you know i'm an expert on this as well because uh, that that girl that were cute remember i said cupid shot me in the in the rear Mm -hmm. um she lived in florida and i'm in los angeles California. So one of the challenges would have been, you know, in a relationship was uh, going to be distance. And now in that particular case, again, we had developed a friendship. So there was a whole different surrounding around that particular connection. Okay. For the most part, there's, a, there's some severe challenges with long distance. Okay. A couple of them is most relationships long distance are bubble, what I call bubble relationships. You get together once every two, three, four weeks, Depending on the distance. I mean, right. to me, long distance is if a girl lives more than 15 miles from me. So <laughs> my definition is different than others. Right. Um, but if it's, if, it's, if it's more than uh, a two-hour trip, whether by plane or by car, is that oftentimes you spend time together in a bubble and you don't really get the meat of a relationship. That's one thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The, the second thing is just actually coordinating a date. I don't know how many clients I've spoken to over the years who have spent spent hours and days and weeks and months connecting with someone for a long, long period of time, only to find out that, for whatever reason, he flakes out the last minute. Right,
0: right. That is an issue, definitely. And and I'm going
1: to tell you one last thing to beware of. Now, this is in the beware category. There are plenty of men who are actively, and women too, but men predominantly, that are cheating on their spouses Mm -hmm. intentionally out of the area Mm -hmm. um, because it's safer right they have no intent of actually creating a long-term relationship so these are that's in the beware category right
0: i know you talked about you know cupid's arrow hitting you a couple times and that heart connection that you felt with people when you saw them do you believe in love at first
1: sight? You know, real love is appreciating someone's imperfections and not perfection. So when you see someone first, you're mostly looking at their perfections, if you will. There's, that's, that's really lust at first sight, mm-hmm. especially for men.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, real, real deep love comes from investing time together and, and really... Being supportive when things are bad, not when things are good.
0: What is the best way for people to contact you then to learn more about your services and find your book?
1: The best way to get a hold of me uh, is my website, understandmennow.com. And my book's on my product page. And if you join my email community, you'll receive weekly tips to understanding men better. I include the 35 places to meet great guys. I also have a membership program. So you go to my website under membership. What it gives you is access to a private Facebook group where it's a heart-centered group of women where we, it's a support group. I do weekly teleclasses, which I normally charge $19.95 for, that's included. And I do a monthly group coaching call. So for any of your listeners, if they're interested in my three-month angel membership, I'm going to go ahead and extend it to them for six months and all they have to do is mention they heard us on the show, and they're going to get six months for the price of three.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for joining us today. As always, I wish you the best in your endeavors and hoping that you will find true and lasting love for yourself when the time oh. is right.
2: Thank you so much, Angela.